free sparkling water. I love my free sparkling water. You're listening to One Life as an Expat. Hello, my friends and family. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Megan McCrory. I'm an American professional living and working in Switzerland. So this podcast that you have stumbled upon is all about my life living as an expat. I've been living in Switzerland for the last seven years, and I absolutely love it. I get often a lot of questions from both Americans and Europeans about living abroad and how it is different in the U.S. to Europe. So I decided to create my own podcast so I can dive into those topics and do this a little more broadly for you, my friends and family. I'm having a lot of fun learning how to produce a podcast, which I've never done any kind of media production. Maybe I've done I've done a couple of YouTube videos, but um, yeah, that's yeah a couple of YouTube videos. But I've never done any kind of audio media production, um, and this is really quite interesting for me. So I'm really excited about this. I really it's it's rejuvenating me. I feel really excited. So I'm for me, this is a lot of fun. And I think it's more fun when I hear from you guys. Um, So I did get some feedback from my quote, voice and speech coach, aka Jay, my spouse. He said that the last my last introduction from episode number two was a little artificial, and really not like the way I normally talk. And that's because I scripted it and I was kind of trying to read a script. And that's one of the things I'm learning while I'm doing this podcast is there are just so many different ways you can do this. And I've heard podcasts where people are kind of almost scripted and I get what he's saying. It's not like I'm just talking. And it was different than from the rest of the podcast where I really kind of freeformed it and had, um, yeah, just kind of talked to myself and to this microphone and to my computer. So he said that I need to, that he prefers it when I'm talking just like a normal conversation and not really reading something. So we're trying a little different today. I've got it like outlined with some highlights that I want to cover, but I haven't scripted it. So let's see how it goes. Give me some feedback. The other feedback I received was from my senior sound engineer, aka Roger. And and he does a lot of mixing, so I was really excited to hear his feedback. He was saying basically some of my volume levels are not really consistent. So when I cut in another audio or if I cut in the music, it's not so consistent. So I took both of those things under advisement, and I'm really trying to make the show better. This is just my third show, so I'm super excited. And let's see how I do. So if you have feedback on really audio quality, show notes, or my voice, or if you have a question, you can email me. Uh, my email address is onelifeasanexpat at gmail.com. Or you can connect with me on Facebook or on Twitter or leave a comment um, on my website, which is meganjmccrory.com. And that's also where you can find all the show notes and other interesting tidbits. <laughs> So the question I'm going to tackle this week comes from Pat in the U.S. She wrote me via Facebook and asked what my work day and my work week were like. So how many hours I work, um, what's the work environment like, and what are kind of the different ways productivity, in air quotes, uh, is approached. So I have to, before I go really into this, and I've got a lot of information, um, I have to do a disclaimer because um, 
I am what you would call a knowledge worker. So I work in an office. I do not do physical labor. I am not in the tourism industry where I'm in contact with customers. So I work in an office environment. And um, I would think most typical expats are of higher education and coming for work at a global business. And I, I'm saying this is a typical, I'm not saying that this is exclusive, but um, actually there are a lot of expats I know that come over and work in the tourism industry on a seasonal basis. Um, and I don't have any experience with that. So I'm going to give you the overview today of how it is to work in an office environment in Switzerland. So let's get into that. First of all, our office is um, in a building that's primarily a shared office space. My office has eight desks, but only five people in. But there are other offices that have up to 24 or 30 desks in their office. We have standing desks. And so everybody can stand up because that's like the big thing, right? Sitting is the new smoking or whatever that tagline is. I'm not sure how many people actually use it. Uh, I use my standing desk uh, a lot. Um, we have, in addition to our office space with desks, uh, we have a lot of open spaces with tables and couches. Uh, in addition to that, we have meeting rooms. Uh, we don't have enough meeting rooms for everyone. So actually a lot of these like lounging spaces and um, are used also for like ad hoc meetings. So if you have like just one or two people, you can grab a little table and have a meeting that's going on all the time. We also have a lounge downstairs uh, for eating. We have larger meetings down there and we also have a um, like work lunch catering. So if you have a meeting that has work lunch. So all that stuff goes on in the office and that's kind of this, the layout. The other thing I thought was interesting for our building is that we also have a bike room downstairs. So if you bike to work, you don't have to leave your bike outside. You can, you can actually bring the bike inside into the building um, in a space downstairs. So that's nice. We also have a shower actually. That's yeah, we have a shower. And um, so I know a at least one person that bikes to work and then they'll take a shower downstairs or wipe off or whatever and then change into their clothes. Um, that's what the office itself is like. I take the 8:10 train into the office and I walk in the office at around 8:30. So um, that's typically normal. I do that pretty much every day. So my normal morning routine is 8:10 train, 8:30 in the office. Mornings are more or less when we get everything done because we don't really have a lot of meetings in the morning. Um, and I mean this because we have way more meetings in the afternoon when the U.S. wakes up. Basically, I walk I walk in the door. Uh, the first thing I do, obviously, taking off my coat and whatnot. And then I go straight for the water. We have free sparkling water. I love my free sparkling water. So we have free sparkling water. We have hot tea. We have coffee. And I grab the tea and water and coffee and I get and get back to my desk and then get started. Um, so the office environment, at least in our room, like I said, we have eight pe eight desks, but five people. And we typically joke around during the day. We chat throughout the day. Um, there are periods of time when we might all be on the phone. This is, you know, <laughs> a little loud. Uh, it, there's also times when we're all completely quiet and working. So it's, it's all a mix between that. And as with like any kind of shared space, um, 
it is difficult to find balance for everyone, but I think it's something that's important to try to find a balance. Um, I think we do a pretty good job in our room. I've been in other rooms in oh years and years ago when I first came where the whole room was super, super tense. <laughs> and that's not fun uh, to be in a room where everybody's super tense. So I'm very happy with the room I'm in now and uh, the, my people who share the office with me. Um, around lunchtime, so I will give you typical Swiss leave at directly at noon and they will go for a 30 or 60 minute lunch. And even if you don't leave to go have lunch at like a restaurant, you will leave your desk. You don't eat lunch at your desk. I'm saying this, the Swiss don't eat lunch at their desk. Now, there are a lot of people that do eat lunches at their desk. And no, I shouldn't even say that. It's not a lot. It's definitely not the same as it is in the U.S., at least in our offices in the U.S. There are a lot more people that eat at their desks than there are in the in Europe for a couple of reasons. So one of the big reasons is it smells <laughs> and you're you're in a shared space. So whether you're eating a stinky cheese, you've just heated up this awesome chicken or, you know, you name it, it, it smells. And so that is one of the big things is to be considerate. You just don't eat lunch at your desk unless you're eating something that absolutely has no smell. That's why we have space downstairs. We have little space so you can go and eat, you know, nice tables with water and napkins and a refrigerator and everything. So you go there and you eat. If you do decide to leave, um, a lot of people will meet up with friends from other businesses, going to a restaurant or grabbing something and going to eat in a park on a sunny day. I typically take about a whole hour if I can especially in the summer, just to get more of that sunshine in. And in the winter as well, because you really need to get out and get the sun. I have been going to the gym at lunch, and that's also really, really cool. I feel super amazing in the afternoon. So um, on those days, my lunch is a little longer, but then I just alter how long I stay at work. So it's all a little, it's flexible. Um, I also see a lot of runners out um, at lunchtime. We have a little shower. Most, uh, I would say a lot of places probably have at least one shower in their building. So most people will eat between 11.30 and 1.30 with most of those being between 12 and 1. So you might have some late eaters and then you might have some early eaters uh, depending on your meeting schedules and whatnot. But a lot of people go out um, and there are wonderful places to eat. Uh, in Basel, at least within walking distance. And I, I love it. It's probably one of the, my most favorite things that has changed is the amount of time that I get to spend with my friends one-on-one -on -one or in a group. I, I really absolutely love it. And it's so easy. We fit it in. It's scheduled. We go, we, ha we all have to go back to work. So it's not like anyone's, you know, like saying, let's stay longer. Well, we always say let's stay longer, but that never works. So that's our lunch. And after lunch, we typically have a lot of meetings, like I said, with the U.S. And um, somewhere in there, I try to, in the afternoon, try to catch a coffee. Um, if it's sunny, maybe taking my coffee outside and walking around a little bit in the sun in the midday, mid-afternoon. And like I said, also leaving the office really depends on my meeting schedule. So how long did I take for lunch? 
but anywhere between five and seven. And that's usually never, my leave time every day is never really the same leave time. So that's, that's also interesting. So getting to work is always the same time and leaving work is never the same time. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was a little bit of the differences in the work week. So I just covered the work day and now the work week is in Switzerland. Switzerland has a 40 hour work week. And what that means is that over 40 hours, they're required to pay overtime for certain jobs, right? But what that means is 40 hours is the standard work week. And that's important because other countries do have less. France, for example, has 35 hours work week. So that means that a typical person working would have to work no more than 35 hours. And if they work more than 35 hours, then it's considered overtime. And recently, uh, last October, Sweden experimented with a six-hour workday. So that's 30 hours a week. And they really kind of argued that you could get all you do in eight hours done in six hours, and then they would have more time and energy in their private lives to live, (laughs) to have a life. There was actually several companies that adopted that, and I think one was like a car company adopted that. So, but Switzerland has 40, and I believe Germany has 40 as well. And so we do have um, five weeks of vacation um, standard for our company. Now, I'm not really sure, maybe my Swiss friends can help me out, if there is a standard uh, federal minimum of vacation days per year. Um, I believe there is, and I have no idea what it is. So, but we have five weeks. And if you're over the age of 45, you get six weeks. In terms of productivity, because this is what, you know, uh, Pat asked about is like, product, how are you more productive or is it what's, how is productivity viewed? And I can really only give my perspective. So from my perspective, I feel more productive here. And I, you know, I want to explain away a little bit because one of my hobbies, and I don't even want to call it a hobby, one of my passions or my little things is to try all kinds of productivity tools. You know, I'm the junkie that's trying every productivity app and and reading books on productivity and how to get things done and and all that kind of stuff. So I, first of all, I really love that kind of thing is to figure out how I can do things better and how I can do them more efficiently and get more done. And really, it's more or less just not watching TV and getting off my ass. I think that there are, in general, two types of people that I've seen. And I think work-life balance comes down to the type of person you are and the company that you're working for. So I have broken this down into the people who can leave work at work and the others that can't. (laughs) So that means I'm walking out the door and work is done. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to like glance at an email later on or whatnot, but I'm talking like done, work is done, it's done. And then other people where they really like to do, you know, 10, 15 more minutes of work at night before going to sleep and making sure everything's caught up. And um, those are the two types of people I kind of see. What I think is that that's not unique to the country you're living in right? So that's definitely a personality style that I've seen both in the U.S. and over here. 
What is different is the company expectations. So over here in Europe, it like you're not expected to answer a call out of office hours. You know, I I feel bad when I have to ask like call someone after 6 p.m. Seriously, because I'm like, no, that's their own family time. And I know some people will pick up. And that's why I don't that's why I feel bad. It's like I can't even call and leave a message because I know they will answer the phone. And again, they feel better when they're answering the phone. Okay, fine. It is different in terms of that expectation. But let's go ahead and get into vacation. So that's a big one. It's a huge one, right? Because, um, and I think that is the biggest difference is that here, it, it, it is just a given. You will go on vacation. There's no exceptions. And in Switzerland, um, they want you to take, and I mean they, I mean the, the government wants you to take two weeks all at once, right? So no like one day here, one day here, one day here, one day here. They're like, no, you need to take time off because work is stressful. You need to take time off. You need to be with your family. You need to rejuvenate yourself you know, get your head back on, take some deep breaths, and then come back to work all nice and refreshed so you don't burn yourself out. A lot of times people are taking off their vacation when their kids have their vacations off, right? Or when there's no kindergarten because then then they have to take vacation because there's nowhere for the kid to go. Um, and actually in businesses, the parents have priority for their vacation plans over people who don't have kids. And I know that would like go over in US like, that's discrimination. You're discriminating me because I don't have kids. Okay, call it what you want. But over here, if if the school is out and there's no, they don't have, you know, they don't have any place else for these kids to go. So they really need to take vacation. Some people work on vacation and some people don't work on vacation. It depends on what's going on in your business at the time. I think more or less people don't work on their vacation unless like your position is tied to something that's, you know, like a critical thing that goes on. Um, but really, I think it's more your personality rather than business, whether you're working. Actually, somebody at work was going to go for three weeks on vacation and I told the person, are you going to take your computer? Because I know this, like, this is the type of person that wants to work on their vacation. And we had had a really stressful year. And I'm like, are you going to take your work computer? And they were like, yeah, because it just makes me feel better when I can, you know, just check. I'm like, please don't check. You know, the world will not end. Business will keep turning. Even though you are important, you're not so important that you can't take a three-week vacation. And after that vacation, the person came back and I was like, so did you work on your vacation? And they were like, no, it was amazing. It's just, I was just too busy all the time. And I'm like, see, and the world is here still. So people take your vacation and don't work on it. That's the life. Just do it. The other thing is you have to, 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 to try to convey this to Americans that Having vacation is so normal and so expected. It's basically like 
the most common small talk topic you can have. So you meet, you bump up to somebody at the, the coffee shop or the coffee station at work. The very first thing, if you don't know what to talk about with that person, it's either where were you just on vacation or what is your next vacation? Because it's for sure they just went on vacation and it's for sure they have something already in mind for their next one. So it is that common. I love vacation. But you know what? It took me probably about three years for me to really get my head wrapped around. And even now, we take only one week at a time, mostly because we just don't have time to plan one. To tell you the truth, that's the biggest problem we have is taking the time to plan a vacation that's two weeks or three weeks long. So, and a lot of people use uh, services to help them plan. Um, So, but we take a week here and a week there, or we took two weeks over Christmas. So yeah, I'm working on it, but it's not easy for me to take two weeks off just to understand the, the concept of that. So the last thing I wanted to talk about with work is quitting or being fired. This is super different than in the U.S., super different. So what do you have in the U.S.? In the U.S., you have two weeks. You're like, I'm given my two weeks notice, which technically you don't have to do. You can just quit and not come back. You can just like never show up again, right? And um, it's polite to give a two-week notice. Maybe it's sometimes written into your contract that you have to give a two-week notice. Here, the notice period in Switzerland is three or six months, depending on your age. If you are 45 years or older, you have a six-month notice period. And if you're under 45, you have a three-month notice period. So what does that mean? And I, by the way, before I forget to tell you, I think this is a great concept. And I think it's great for both businesses and for people. So let me explain how it works. You want to quit your job. You walk in and you have to do this and the timing is important. So most jobs will say three months to the end of the month. So if you decide on the first of the month to quit your job and you deliver that information to your work, then you have essentially four months still left to work because you have the month in which you quit. So the time and you quit on the first, right? So you have the rest of that month plus three months. So most people will quit on the 30th of the month, right before the end of that month, just before that. So they have three whole months of of working. And um, if you go to a competitor, a direct competitor, um, you may even get what's called a gardening leave, which is you say, I'm going to my competitor, our competitor, and they'll say, please hand me your keys. Thank you very much. Don't come back. And you have three months vacation um, because they don't want you in the office potentially taking anything um, that might be, yeah, for the competitor. Um, I haven't really heard of that happen. I mean, I don't know anybody that that's happened to. Um, but for the most part, people are working for the next three months and working is like, uh, yeah, maybe they're not working quite as hard because, you know, they've already announced that they're leaving, but they're still here. They're doing their job. If the company is lucky enough to hire someone quick enough, then they can even do a handover of the, the, the job to the person. And that's difficult to find someone 
and hire them and be ready within three months because you may be the, the company who's, you know, is backfilling your position, maybe backfilling it from someone else who's working at another company in Switzerland. And then that person will also have a three month. So you can see kind of like the chain effect, right? And the chain is broken when the company can hire someone who's not employed or coming from a different com- country where they can come more quickly than in three months. So that's how it works if you quit. And the other way it works too. So if you're fired, you have three months that you still have to work that the company, now the company could choose to tell you you're fired, um, please don't come back. And then again, you have that gardening leave, right? And they call it a gardening leave. So you can just play in your garden. The garden is what they call a yard here. So, you know, you know, playing around in your garden for three months before your unemployment kicks in. So, and you have that three months to find another job. Hello, this is future Megan. I realized as I am listening back through this podcast before publishing it that yeah, I didn't really make a whole lot of sense there. I didn't really actually tell you that that three months that you have to work or not work, depending on your situation, you're getting paid, right? So if you have three months where you are told to not come back, you have three months paid by the company before your unemployment kicks in. That's all. Let's go back. So I think it's an absolutely fantastic system for both parties because nobody is left out in the dust. And I think that's a really good thing for businesses and for us. That's about all I have for the office space. So I'm really, really curious to hear from Pat if that was interesting for you, Pat. Um, Go ahead and drop me a line at the Facebook or Twitter or my email, One Life as an Expat at gmail.com and yeah so to round out this episode i am going to introduce a new segment now that i have had three episodes i actually have things where i actually have to request (laughs) i have to correct myself because information given to me by my friends and family um, from my earlier podcast. So I am going to lovingly call this Klugscheiße. And if you know German, you know what that means. If you don't know German, it just basically means like smarty pants. Um, if someone is correcting you on something, you can call them a Klugscheiße. Um, I will spell it for you in the show notes, but I can't actually say what it is because it's got profanity in it and I'm having a nice clean show. So let's get started with our first segment of Klugscheiße. So the very first thing, and not all Klugscheiße can be bad, um, I mentioned in my first episode about the um, air conditioning and lack of air conditioning in the in the buildings here in Switzerland. And um, a Swiss friend of mine actually sent me a document. It's in English. So if you are curious about the regulations, um, and it, it's all in the v- environmental regulations, why um, the restrictions for 
the air conditioning in primarily office buildings. There's exceptions for restaurants and grocery stores and shopping centers, etc. Um, but I do have a link to the environmental directive or how it's calculated how much air conditioning can be done in an apartment, in an office building or in any building actually. I also got feedback from my friends in the U.S. regarding the, the topic about kids, um, which I touched on, in, again, in my first episode, um, I described on my way to work how it's kind of like swimming upstream with all these kids, and I gave the examples of that the kids need to walk alone to school, and this is part of the Swiss curriculum. And uh, I got feedback from a friend who lives in Texas. Hi, Jenica. And she mentioned that uh, in her town in, in Texas, the kids also walk to school. It's about half a mile, which is 800 meters or so. And so it's not, you know, obviously a great distance, but it is alone. So I, I was really surprised to hear that, actually. Um, so I props to the Texans for um, teaching their kids how to walk to school. And props to the parents for not getting so paranoid about the kids, you know, walking to school along their, on their own. So... I think that's really, really cool. Glad that uh, I know about that. And that about wraps it up for us today. Thank you so much for listening in whichever capacity that you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or from my website, meganjmccrory.com. Um, please go ahead and connect with me on social media. Or send me an email at onelifeasanexpat at gmail.com. And let me know if you have questions or give me some feedback love hearing from you guys. Till next time. See you later. Bye.